Welcome back to Look Who's Talking. Bill Belichick is smarter than you, and D Ford probably isn't. Three things that are certain in life death, taxes, and Tom Brady. Here we go! Freestyle. Rock the microphone. Straight from the top of my dome. All right, welcome back to Look Who's Talking, everybody. Uh, my name is Jeff Hewlett, spelled with a G, as all good Jeffs are. And uh, we're your favorite Canadian NFL podcast. Even if you're not in Canada, we hope we still are your favorite Canadi- Canadian NFL podcast. Uh, ni hao, priviet, hola, bonjour, and the Sri Lankan. Vanagam. Uh, voice of God's interjecting here quickly. We're, Debatable. Because Leslie, our stats lady, way to go, Leslie! A little overtime this week. Uh, reported down to uh, our Lord, Brent Waits, that Vonnegum might not be hello in Sri Lankan whatsoever. I don't think it's a thing in any language. <laughs> it's in- uh, me and Leslie did some fact-checking, and the two official languages, it, none of which hello is pronounced that way. It doesn't sound like a nice hello, you know? Vonnegum. It's like Voldemort. It's <laughs> entirely possible that Weird Mike was duped Yes, Snake Pit, my... Uh, monthly poker game one of the funnest things in other languages is teaching people that hello is really go fuck your ass you know <laughs> we had this dude named euro up at hockey camp at hoc and he didn't know any english and the ohl hockey boys that were the instructors uh this guy chris allery mike manson anyway they taught him like if you're if you're upset with a kid instead of saying like you know hey that's no good or hey do it better they taught him go fist yourself <laughs> and even those Horrible, like, camp language. You can't do this stuff, especially, like, nowadays. Uh, it was really fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. Always, yeah, foreigners always learn curse words first. Right. Standard. Anyway, weird Mike. Uh, sorry to interject there, but so do you think you were duped? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, a puncher's chance that I was duped. Yeah. It's more like a, a saying, I think. Let's like just say. a greeting. Yes. Let's just say this, folks. Look who's talking our, as a show and podcast, which hopefully you're rating, reviewing, and subscribing to because uh, you're a goddamn beauty, uh, makes no promise or guarantee that saying Vonnegum in Sri Lanka will not get you your ass kicked or something like that. So Probably means big, hairy it, Italian guy. Right. <laughs> Again, entirely possible. Yes. Wherever you're listening, we thank you uh, from the bottom of our farvin hearts. Uh, as always, we are produced... Uh, by Huck Media, the twisting mustache man who uh, ends our show is Shut the Huck Up. He wears toques inside because he wants to, not because his head's cold. No. Uh, <laughs> we got a lot of stuff to get to. As we, Obviously, we just got through the Final Four. I like to call it the Final Four because it sounds awesome. Championship Sunday also sounds good. But is the Final Four of football? Uh, the Patriots have made it their home for, what, 13 of the past 15 years or something like that? Uh, and I hate to say I told you so, but to all of you Farvin idiots, I told you so. Uh, just because you're sick of the Pats movie doesn't mean it's, it's still not good. Uh, and in today's offensive rules, Brady's just getting better. So I hate to say it, but even at the age of 42, one, one get used to it still. This is not going anywhere. Final four should be reserved for March Madness. Why? Conference. You, you, you're pushing a conference semifinal. Yeah, not a conference finals. You're but you don't call it the conference final. What do you mean? All. Yes, championship the, Sunday, the final four. It just sounds good. It makes me think of the final countdown. That's a pretty hype song, right? If you, you know. get in, like on any other like reality show or something, if you're one of the four left, you know, you don't walk up to your buddies and be like, "All right, like semifinalists," you know? Yeah, more alliteration. Final four, baby. 
Woo! Love some alliteration. Uh, I, I promised myself I'd do way less Ric Flair woos uh, for every show going forward. This is 46. That's 46 hours of, uh, of uh, a bunch of hoonanny. <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks a lot. We're pumped. Um, yeah, as I mentioned, uh, I don't know if you saw, I'm sure you saw the games. If you didn't see the games, well, welcome to football. Welcome to our show. We gl- we're glad you chose us to introduce you to the sport. But if you did see it, hmm. uh, this guy named D Ford made a pretty big mistake that's not everyone's talking about, but some people are talking about. But whether you're talking about it or not, it's hard to get dumber than that. Uh, D Ford, Kansas City Chief, uh, lined up offside for what would have been the game-winning pick uh, for Kansas City, most likely uh, the game would have been over, and uh, yeah, not 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 most likely the game was just over. No. And D Ford lined up offside. It wasn't a late flag or anything. They flew the flag right away. And if you've ever like fucked up at work, you know, like real bad, and then like and it was like the biggest moment of your company's year. It's not the best thing to like go back to to the sideline or you know just go back to your floor of marketing or whatever. After you just messed up in front of the entire company and the entire world because you were televised. 56 million people watched the AFC Championship, yeah. by the way. Uh, to go back to your sideline or your fellow staff and be like, oh, man. like, Did I mess up? Did I mess up? Is that me? <laughs> yeah. Was I offside? Yeah. If you haven't seen the video, yeah, D Ford does exactly that. He's like, was I actually offside there? Yeah. It's like, yes, D. Yeah. Yes, you were. Yeah. And we're now not going to the Super Bowl. Right. You farvin. You ruined everything. And you should probably stop asking this question right now out loud. Hey, we're mic'd, we're all mic'd up. It's kind of a big deal. The sweep it under the rug. Kids are crying because of you. That offside just, you know, adds to Tom Brady's lore of how he got there. Every game's got the D Ford flag. Yep. Usually I'm betting it. Against that flag. Yes. It was so weird being on the other side of it. Ride the wave, baby. Calming influence that somehow, someway, the NFL was going to find a way to get Tom Brady into the Super Bowl. And to be on the flip side of that was so weird. The NFL had nothing to do with that. They didn't make anyway, D. Ford line up offside. Of course they did. Yeah, this is not a subjective <laughs> call. Uh, anyway, the, the, there was but, three reviews that all went their way. I'm just saying it's yes. the avalanche against but, that never actually hits all that Tom stuff, Brady. That stuff yeah. that you're calling magic. I said lore. And lore, it's... It's Tom Brady, and it's Bill Belichick, and their cast. That's why I saved the word lore for him, because very few people in the world of sports have any kind of lore. Yep. Yeah. It was incredible, man. <laughs> Literally, the Lee Smith 20, drop, it, yeah, the couple, you know, it's just, you know, it's a every 20, postseason there's one of those. It's a 20-year dynasty of just luck. They just got lucky those 20 fucking years. It's good. Belichick's shit. Brady's shit. There's, it's just luck. Did the word luck, shit, or, or them being I'm speaking, garbage I'm not, I'm, come out of You're contributing to that idiot narrative. I'm saying I'm that saying that narrative is real, and the fact that that avalanche never actually hits them is remarkable. Yes, yes. And I was sitting there in my little snow cabin waiting for this thing to hit, and it never did because I finally got down on Tom Brady. Yeah, welcome. Amen, VOG. Say, so did Shannon Sharp. A lot of people just really convinced them. Yeah. I did it before the game. road win for the one, you know, the people that were sort of sticking onto that is like, oh, well, he's never had a, you know, a big road playoff win. It's like, well, one, he's mostly at home. And really, is that what we're, you know, splitting hairs about to, you know, de- degrade his legacy? 
Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Just let, let's just, I'm listening to all this stuff this week. Like Tom needed that win as some sort of signature win. Like yeah, that I don't agree with. Like you're all full of Vonicum. <laughs> it might be that, to be honest. In Sri Lankan, it might be just Again, bullshit. Who entirely knows? possible. Right. Uh, it's all a bunch of Vonicum. Uh, when you're really good at something, it's fun to watch. So, as many as, as you think there might be a lot of Pat haters out there, I think there's just as many people that maybe aren't as vocal because if you're just enjoying something, you're not going to comment on social media stuff like, or like, you know, call into radio shows. If you're just a, a football fan who enjoys watching the best guy to ever do it. I just feel like the Pats hate slightly overblown. I know we were talking about this the other night at work, uh, voice of God. Like I just don't think as many people hate the Patriots as you think I'm a, I was a Buffalo Bills season ticket holder. And I, I like the Patriots, A, because they're good for my wallet, and B, because I like saying that I watched the best to ever do it, do it live in his prime. I watched him throw four touchdown passes to Randy Moss in one half. Yeah. It was fucked up. And because you're an intelligent football fan, yeah. when you get these mouth-breathing freaks <laughs> that are living in basements with their mother, presumably, and I read the comments. I, I too much, you know, to yeah, my own... Yeah, fuel the hate by reading the comments? I... I it's half know, of it's Kevin Durant. It's a bad, <laughs> it's a bad, it's a bad plan. I probably should stop um, because it just gets me worked up that there's literally that many idiots. But yeah, I've been watching it for, you know, f call it 15 years and it's, it is very real. Speaking of idiots, folks call us idiots, by the way. Uh, we love being called out. I literally love spite. I love, I love spite in every way. It makes me, makes me go, you know, makes me go better. You think I'm wrong. Let me know at, uh, Jeff Hewlett on Twitter, G-E-O-F-F-H-U-L-E-T. Or hit us up on Instagram. A lot of you guys have been doing that. We love that. Uh, hit us up at Hughes Talking. You like the show. You want to change the show. If you just want, you know, Angie to just slap me in the face every now and then, uh, <laughs> as I hear from some of you, i trying to go easier on them. But, it, you know, the, the snapping was to, had, to, had to stop. I've noticed you've changed the angle of where we sit to avoid set slap. Yes. Slash snap. Yes. Yes. Uh... Anyway, I'm sure we're going to hear all about this in the news, uh, but the everyone's freaking out about the Saints missed call, which I totally agree with, by the way. Uh, the game would have been over, and that was a missed call. However, I think there's a bigger thing at play here, uh, which is just a, a bad football play that would have been bad in high school, college, the pros, or even recess that Drew Brees made. And uh, we'll hear about that in the news that matters. I've just been handed an urgent news story. All right, all right. Thank you, Jeffrey. Breaking it down. Championship weekend. Holy Jesus. Uh, incredible weekend of games. For the first time ever, The both games, AFC and NFC championships, went into overtime, um, which is far from incredible. Right. Um, Might have something to do with the Drake curse, by the way. I saw that because he, 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 to make fun of his own curse, he wore a sweater with all of the team's logos, yeah. and then they all went into overtime. That's somewhat curse related yeah <laughs> but great so like he needs to start doing that for these exciting finishes imagine everything just ended in a tie like the, anyway cool curse but uh yeah starting it off with the nfc uh down in louisiana uh starting it off in the nfc rams moving on to the super bowl in a tight one uh the the rare road win in a championship game for me, this one really kind of breaks down into three parts. You had the big comeback yep. uh, after the, the Rams went down, 13-zip early on, which really should have been a bigger a bigger margin of... Uh, Ab margin, Yeah, absolutely. They yeah. played a bit scared. There were a couple fourth fourth and ones. They're just like, no, let's get the field well, goal early. Yeah, settled for point, you know. Very un-Sean Payton-like. It was in interesting early in the game. But yeah, big props to Jared Goff. 
Uh, I mean, two seasons ago, this guy is considered a bust by most people in the league under the Fisher regime. Yes, as he got out from being Fishered, which most people don't do. But yeah, teams four and twelve. They've obviously turned it around quite a bit since. Um, but yeah, Goff is uh, you know looking like that franchise guy that they you know thought when they drafted him first overall. So yeah, you know, impressive you know road win. Didn't get flustered. Kept at it. And yeah, moving into the blown call. Oh my God. Um, apologies if you're a Saints fan. Jesus uh, Christ. Talking to a lot of you guys on Twitter, like just uh, my condolences. I literally have no idea, no idea how I'd react um, for something so blatant and so insane. Like this is this is the worst call in NFL history. Until proven otherwise, send in any anything that wow. you think comes close. I can't think of anything, and I I haven't heard or seen any evidence online that this isn't the worst call in NFL history. For legacy shaping, for Drew Brees, Sean Payton, this is a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. This is right in front of their fucking face. Yeah, I mean, like... Yeah, I don't like how Payton's got this blown call to hide behind the fact that Sean McVay outcoached him. The kid took down the, the man in the Superdome, okay? The fake punt, uh... The coaxing into the throw, you know, he outcoached him. It was an amazing fake punt that, you know, definitely uh, changed the momentum of the game. Uh, honestly, it's like, I don't want to, like, I mean, he, he coached well. And I think of who coached their teams better, I'll agree. Like, McVay coached his team better. But I only think that because of how poorly Sean Payton managed his. Do you know what I mean? My first thought to the blown call, which, yes, probably based on importance, and blatantness it's indefensible. Of, of, P, of, the, of pass interference. Yeah, I can't think of one off the bat that's like a worse call necessarily. However, my first thought, first of all, is Sean Payton, again, passing the ball on, on the first down just to get the clock going, which with Drew Brees, you think it's more of a sure thing, quick little slant, doesn't work. Ball on the ground. Then you run it, and then now you're at third down, and this is, this is the problem. I remember watching the play live, okay? Play a little quarterback in high school. Nothing major. All right. Pokai, baby. Pokai. Uh, with Bundy. No, no, no. But now, as soon as Drew Brees threw the ball, it was a wheel route to Tommy Lee Lewis, the running back, running out of the backfield against, uh, you know, this is the matchup that, that Drew Brees and Sean Payton chose for this play. Again, a pass play again, uh, which stops the clock and gives the Rams a whole bunch of time uh, to kick this field goal, where if you run it, you, you, you're losing another 30 seconds or timeout. Could have been a lot smarter with time management. <clears throat> you could have given the Rams 30 seconds to kick the field goal instead of a minute and a half. Anyway. And no timeouts. And no, yeah, no, no, 30 seconds, no timeouts. Good luck. Put the rookie right. and the kid right. their back against the wall. Yeah. And he didn't. Yeah. In the loudest building, like ever. McVay had a very, everybody's been going for it all year mm -hmm. on fourth and ones and fourth and goals. And McVay was on the half. Yard line yep. at fourth and goal, a chance to take the lead. He fucking swallowed his shit and tied the game because he knew he needed every ounce of momentum to complete it. A tie meant belief and restored their faith in that this was actually about to happen. Yep. Peyton choked that out. He's hiding behind the call. Sure, the call was bad. He's hiding behind the call. No, I'll two things can be true. I'll tell you what I'm also, what I'm just like, this is the biggest thing. Don't you you throw to open people or you throw to a place where they can catch the ball. This was a wheel route, and I get uh, what's the guy, the defender's name? Robbie uh, Nickel Robbie Coleman. N Robbie Coleman, it's coming in. Okay, 
the, when the ball is in the air, it's not a throw to an open guy. Coleman is absolutely, as we saw, going to be there on time. Now, he's not the best player, which is why they've chosen this play. All he has to do is turn around and not destroy Tommy Lee Lewis, you know, a second before the ball gets there. And this is A, broken up, B, possibly intercepted, and C, just not complete. And for some matter, because he was not fucking open. So I think the blown call, because this isn't the first time that there's been pass interference not called. The, you know what I mean? Yep. This is the most blatant, is very blatant one. But if you throw, there's a whole bunch of situations where Super Bowl winning quarterbacks on Super Bowl winning drives could have thrown to a guy that was a bit more covered and relied on pass interference. But instead, he was like, you know what? I might not get the call, so I'm going to throw to someone a bit more open. I'm going to scramble a bit. Drew Brees, a bit older, a bit tired. Even though that guy, look, that was not open. He, was, he didn't have the height advantage. Tommy Lee Lewis isn't Tiny going dude. up. Tiny dude. You know, he's not going up to make yeah. some sort of Julio Jones fade, fade catch. This guy wasn't open. And he threw it anyway because he doesn't scramble anymore. And that was the only play they called. Which is why, A, Sean Payton, bad play call. B, Drew Brees, bad throw, bro. And in the end, just like Russell Wilson found out in Super Bowl, you know, 40, whatever, 50, 49. whatever. There you go. Uh, no matter what the play call is, ball's in your hand. That's why it's the coolest job in sports, okay? Make better decisions. Nope. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The obviously they It was a bad call. It was a missed call. Saints should be in the Super Bowl. But Sa Saints had seven opportunities to win that game. Including and that, overtime. And that was the one that that was the one that, that you know they got screwed on. They fucked up the other other six by themselves. So I don't want to hear the refs cost them it. They they did, but the Saints cost them the game way more. As I think we They all made agreed. a lot of mistakes. Michael Thomas was pretty much invisible all day. Yep. Breeze, you know, even this whole last month has been, you know, sort of trending downward. Um, not not a good time for that. Um, anyway, two tough season-ending losses for the Saints. I mean, you know, heartbreak's a tough thing, bro. We all know, okay? That's two heartbreaks back-to-back, -back, one year separated. <sighs> That's tough. We'll see what happens. My Spurs uh, correlation on the Duncan march back to the finals. Yep. Bullshit call away. Even though they lost it, as we've said. Right. But do they have one more? What do was the this? Saints have one more in them? Divisional round miracle, conference championship debacle, Super Bowl misery. One more kick at the can. We shall see. I wouldn't pick against Drew and Sean Payton. I, I sure hope so. But I mean, yeah, even when you have the talent, like the stars got to align a bit. You know, your their divisions. You know, had an off year. Uh, you know, increased. It's a tough competition division. this next year. Um, tough you know, division, lot, you know, tough conference, and they have the number one seed schedule, and that's fucking not, top not ideal. No. Uh, last thing we'll say about this game: Greg the leg, what a beast! Fifty-seven yarder, drilling it on the road. You know, obviously biggest kick of his life. And did you see how high that like oh, that man. made it? That that would have been good from seventy. <laughs> yeah, that was insane. Yeah, that was straight kicker boner, bro. Yeah. Right through the ball. <laughs> Cream the jockeys. Full, full swing. You call him Greg the Leg. I prefer Legatron or Legzilla, as I've heard. He's got three names. First kicker I've ever heard have three names. Nothing to do with his kicking. Right. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah? Uh, and, Hammer joke. Uh, <laughs> uh, gotcha. And, uh, and uh, Rams special teams, 
could be a real difference maker in the Super Bowl, man. Talk about Greg DeLeg. Now he's got all this confidence, man. He could make any kick. We saw that was good from 70, right? And the punter we alluded to, Sam Hecker. Most inside the 10s can pull any fake. The guy's like, what did Joe Buck say? He's 12 for 15 for 170 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a legit game stat line. The Bills are in talk to <laughs> sign him. <laughs> I'm telling you, they would have last year. That's what we do. Watch out for that Rams special teams. Watching the Rams special teams, it makes me just appreciate how much acting and drama is involved in such a gladiator sport like football. Like watching Hecker absolutely fake the punt for about the first second and a half of what would be a three-second punt, right? But the first second and a half, he's got the entire defense being like, all right, this, guy, this guy's punting it. Everything. And it's all an act. I just love... Not a lot of sports have, you know, actual acting in it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like baseball's, baseball does it with, like, the hidden ball trick once in a fucking decade. Yeah, that's a minor league. I love the hidden ball trick. Yeah. So, yo, to pull off a fake like that, only two people are in on it. Yeah. The punter and the receiver because he held it for almost two seconds, which is insane yep. to hold an NFL ball if you're not a quarterback. It wasn't even a sure thing. The guy still had to make a nice one-on-one move to, to beat But the rest uh, of the Shields. team, the other nine dudes, were downfield blocking, selling it, yep. and not tilting their hand. Right. And that's the only way you can do it. You can't trust the fourth and fifth stringers to not tilt their hand. You got to tell them yeah. what's not happening. Yeah, like uh, a, a, a fake punt is like a mob hit. Like, nobody knows it's going down, you know? Like, <laughs> quarterback comes off the field like, fuck, coach, this is fuck bullshit. Why are we giving him back the ball? Coach is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about it in a minute. Give me a minute to talk to you about that. You know? <laughs> it's like say, like like in the mob. Like, hey, man, we still going to Florida next week? Like, uh, you want to book those tickets? Like, yeah. Um, It'll be dead yeah, by Tuesday. Yeah. Um, it's more the special. We'll talk about it. <laughs> it's more the special teams coordinator at the back of the bench. He just pulls the two guys aside. He's like, this, this is how it's going to go down. His okay? whole. His whole. You know, not even saying nothing. Huh? His, so, you know, 46 on three. <laughs> his whole career, like sometimes we're allowed, like season. Will rely his job will rely on a good fake punt. Anyway, uh, I believe there was a different game in the final four. Huck likes it. <laughs> the other game that happened, it, AFC Championship. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, it was all right. Uh, if you like the best sports ever, um, yeah. If if you weren't, if you're not a New England Patriots hater or a huge Chiefs fan, you cannot ask for more in a football game. This was absolutely bonkers. Um, you know, after I, you know on. You know, first half, uh, you know, it was all Patriots. But, yeah, the second half, 31 points scored by Kansas City. Uh, like, four lead changes. Mental. Bill Belichick screwed the props ticket that I put out on Instagram. Oh. And I should have known. Belichick always takes away your best weapon, right? Yeah. Uh, he screwed me with Julio Jones a couple... Anyway, just... Uh, he always takes away your best weapon. And we told you, Julian Edelman, over on yards. 30 yards over. Gronk, we said it last Tell week. Tell him, Hewlett. Tell we him. We said it last week. Gronk was going to go old Gronk. Put they a, were saving him. Put Full a, Gronk send. Put a quick hundo on that. And he did it. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm sorry to everybody for thinking that Tyreek Hill in the biggest game in Chiefs history in 50 years would have more than five and a half catches. Bill, the genius Belichick, held him to one. Yep. God the, damn it. Uh, yeah, starting it out. Um, yeah, Chiefs won the coin toss and then... Andy Reid says, no, let's give Brady the ball. Yep. We have the best offense in football. It'd be a shame if we got ahead. What are you doing? Like, I, 
Last yeah, last week they had a ten minute drive to start against the Chargers. You're gonna let him do that again? Yeah, and that's exactly beat, what they did again. He beat the drive. Yeah. It was like the other one was like eight minutes, and it, yeah, yeah, it was he crazy. Beat, he beat it by a minute. Um, and Fifteen play drive. Yeah, clear clear game plan that the Giants used against the Patriots in the Super Bowl in 2007 of long ass drives, keeping the ball out of Tom's hands, um, and yeah, keeping him off the field. Mahomes is sitting there on the bench, cold, just. Getting colder, less warm. Like warm up was like you know half an hour ago, longer, um, and yeah, just not in the game. And and that goes back to Bill Parcells' football when he was coach of the Giants against the high flying Bills. If you can believe it or not, there used to be the high flying Bills. Yeah, they had a K gun offense. They were just running no huddle like no one had ever done before. It was a real thing. And then we stopped playing offense for about two and a half decades. Big. Big stat, but, uh, yeah. point of pride for the AFC East. So Pats move on to their third Super Bowl in three years, uh, and the only two teams to do that in NFL history are the 70s Dolphins and the 90s Bills. Wow. So, yeah, AFC East, they, great division. You got, yep. you got so, one more to go, Tom. Yeah. Catch the Bills. Yeah. The <laughs> you, tra- AFC- you trailed Mark Sanchez on playoff road wins this year. <laughs> now you're trailing the Bills in consecutive Super Bowl appearances, the, bro. You're Step not it up. Tied. The, He's the, got, Bills had four, bro. This will be no. They didn't. The Bills lost four, four, Super, four Bowls Super Bowls. In a row. Okay, cor- Dallas, da- wa- sorry, Giants, Washington, Dallas, Dallas. Boy, that I love like, losing Super Bowls. I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. <laughs> oh my that god, is so that cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> um, but yeah, getting back to the game. Um, yeah, some people lot- in Orchard Park haven't gotten over those games. No, they but haven't. Anyway, of course not. Yeah, how could you? Yep. Um, yeah, a lot of you know we talked about the D Ford. Um, there's a lot of other crazy plays, the Edelman punt return that, I mean, yeah, if you, a lot of people, you know, we're not happy, especially in KC, cause you're not getting that many replays. You know, you might've seen one on the jumbotron. Um, but yeah, to nullify the, you know, the return touchdown. Um, but yeah, Edelman, we saw about 101 angles on this. He didn't touch the ball. Yep. He was really, really close. Like it's, fr- fracked, it's like fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy. He didn't touch the ball. Millimeters. <laughs> millimeters. But, you know, if you combine the angles, it's like, yep, that hand's good. And then you look at, like, wild. It's also a hard... I was watching him, like, brag. Not brag, but just be like, I didn't touch it. Yeah. I didn't touch it. And it, you sound way dumber when you were trying to touch it. Like, every replay showing him lunge for the ball and just miss. Yeah. You're like, he's on catnip. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I mean, my... Yeah, my takeaway, um, you know, it was a very tight game. Um New England was consistent the whole way through, but and yeah, like they've done all season, KC is just amazing at chunk plays. They'll have, you know, two that suck and go nowhere, overthrown, and then oh yeah, fifty yard gain on the third down. Um but yeah, unfortunately that just wasn't enough. And no matter how, how you slice it, New England was the way better football team yep. on all aspects. Their playmakers made plays. We're talking Edelman, we're talking Gronk, we're talking their offensive line, which has been kind of the story of the playoffs. Brady has Brady didn't get I think he got hurried a couple times but he wasn't sacked Justin Houston uh you know D Ford other than bonehead plays wasn't really making any you know contributions to the helping them win um and yeah Belichick out coach Reed so mic drop man if you had told me before the game that I mean I know Belichick's done this before but it's just hard to do if you told me before the game that Kelsey was gonna have what two catches two catches three catches three catches no combined I think it was com- combined they had four catches in like 37 yards or something like something that. Something embarrassing. Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how they took out both of those guys. 
And if you had told me that, you know, that Belichick was just going to run down the throats of their AFC opponents in the playoffs. Anyway, I'm going to talk about this a bit more in my truth of the week as far as uh, with life and football. If you want to win, you got to set the trend and then stay ahead of it and then expose everybody else. And, you know, it's, it's been a whole year since I've been in the Super Bowl. So, it's, <laughs> you know, it was a long time coming. Yeah. As you uh, recapped Sunday, both games there, I was uh, reliving every crucial call and every big play was paired with something equally odd that happened here at Centennial. I've got to tell you, I had the most fun ever watching football this last Sunday. Okay, I've said it before, Championship Sunday is better than Super Bowl Sunday. It just, the weirdness... Uh, the cold, the bet, the calls, uh, Pizzagate, the bus station, the Brady reload. It just, it was so much, man. I loved it. Every second of it. Just a little translation for everybody. Uh, we ordered, a, Angela ordered a bunch of pizza that was crap. Mattis Backer was on the phone with Domino's for like an hour getting deals for like two weeks from now. Uh, and he refers to his front door as the bus station where he... We'll have the celebrity cigarette every now and then. Anyway, that's just in case you have no fucking clue what he's talking about, which I don't most of the time, too. Uh, yeah, more news? Yeah, well, we're not quite done talking about the AFC Championship. Uh, a lot of people up in arms and talking about it everywhere. Uh, the overtime rule. So, naturally, Pat's, uh, well, Pat's won the coin toss, and they chose to take the ball because... They want to go down and score like Matt Hasselback. Yeah. But this time... We want did. the ball and we're going to score! <laughs> they, he didn't throw a pick six. Uh, but yeah, marched them down the field. And because it was the opening drive and they got a touchdown, the game was over. Um, so that you know typically doesn't happen, but Brady seems to be really good at it. Uh, and yeah, they never got... So you know it was, it was a walk-off touchdown. The game's over. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I think that they should adopt the college rule, but push it back to the 50... And just trade possessions. See, look, there's been a couple rule changes that have been stemmed in debates just already from these games, one being the overtime. Regardless of, even if neither, neither of those games had gone to overtime, I'm down, just like college, to give the, both teams the ball no matter what. I just feel like a coin flip should have nothing to do with a football game. I just don't. Maybe at the start of the game, but not once it's already started. Uh, I've heard some... Heard was saying, like, hey, whoever has the most total yards gets the ball first, or whoever's on the road gets the ball first. Anyway, I think regardless of the hoopla of the weekend, like whether the Chiefs won in overtime or the, or the Pats won in overtime, and even though the Saints got the ball and then still threw a pick, give both teams the ball. Now, the one thing that's I'm not so sure of is stemming from the Saints game and the blown call. That needs a name, by the way. Right now, it's just called the blown call. Oh, um, Lombardi had one. It was... The Nola no call. The Nola no call. No, Nola, that's no, no call. good. That's too many. No, no, no. That's pretty good. Anyway, the I no like the Bayou Bungle. Oh, the Bayou Bungle. The Bayou Bungle. All right. Um, now stemming from that, they're talking about immediately. There was a debate about uh, pass interference being reviewable next year. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I'm I'm okay with it. Um, what? I mean, if you have if you have one one challenge all game, save it. I mean, they clearly fucked that call up. That shouldn't be happening in 2019. This game is 100-plus years old. How is this, you know, it's 2019. Like, we have all the technology in the world. And so, like, how do you let a, such a fundamental mistake like that happen? Save it. You know, like, most games, you probably won't use it. But 
how, know. How about a separate flag? Almost. What about a separate flag where you have a penalty flag? You only have one per game. Yeah. Just to avoid situations like this where it's literally season costing. And maybe... You know what I mean? Something like that. It's got to be a lot on the line. Like you, uh, you know, lose, why don't lose you make, a timeout again. Why don't you make the new flag orange and call yourself the CFL? <laughs> okay, and review every call that's made. All right, it's a joke. If the next step to that is take the refs right off the field and just have you know this governing eye in the sky so, reviewing all. So without without like throwing a coach throwing a flag, every pass interference call could is reviewed by the by the CFL. No, the, the coach has a chance to challenge okay. if that play was pass interference. I got you. So they're throwing 40-yard bombs, and there's a little bit of contact, and it was incomplete, and Buddy's throwing the flag. Why not? And then the ref's like, uh, if you look at the play again, uh, it's a first down. <laughs> well, if that's LCF. the right decision. No. Then what's the point of the refs? To call the right No, you can't, you can't take them out of the moment. Well, if they make the then wrong you lose call, the speed of the game. We're already taking them out of the remove moment. human error. What's the difference? It's like get rid of eighty-year-old umpires in baseball. Like, that's, bull, uh, that's ridiculous. Remove what, the umpires. What's the, the difference of step. like getting a guy to judge whether he stepped out out of bounds or there was a catch, or if he or if the guy the defender was there first, or just, if it was a face just mask? Turn the whole field into a force field, man. I'm not sure. Electronic buzz. I'm not sure what I support here, but I don't think it's the football apocalypse that you think it's going to be. Get things more right. Uh, make things less long. <laughs> hey, this is about football, not your social life. <laughs> dating life. There's a difference between social and dating life. Huck made a little snarl there. Enough dick jokes. Is that the news? That's the news, baby. All right, all right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Stuff your PIs in a sack, bro. All right. Now, there's a... Uh... Look, there's a coach who's doing stuff that we've never seen before. There's a quarterback that's doing stuff that we've never seen before. And the way he's doing it isn't magic. It's not some sort of football guru. Just like every industry, the best way to stay ahead is to set the trend. And then when everyone else catches up, be already one step ahead. And this leads me to this week's Joe of the Week. Hey. Yeah, you might have just made a fact just now. That's some real shit. All right. Bill Belichick, one of the reasons he's had so much success over the years is, yes, he plays in the AFC East, and uh, there's three dumpster fires and a good football team. (laughs) Um, But one thing that he does to succeed at another level is just like every other industry. Belichick, as the head coach of the New England Patriots, sets trends in pro football, and then when everyone else catches up, he exposes those trends that he's helped to set. Let me give you a couple of examples. Right now, it's a pass-first league, okay? Most of the great run defenses of yesteryear are gone. If you can rush the passer and play pretty good in the secondary, you can stop these high-flying teams with this pass-first philosophy that is spread throughout the league. Now, you're going to have to sacrifice some of your defensive personnel to be able to keep up with these bubble screens and these multi-wide receiver sets. So you're... Your outside linebackers aren't as big as they used to be. You know? Your middle linebackers aren't as big as they used to be. You're playing safeties down at linebackers sometimes to, uh, you know, chase down running quarterbacks and play a little more zone. But what you've exposed yourself to on a single game level is a defensive game plan against a power rushing team. 
Now, that's most of the time okay for throughout the strength of the season because there's no teams anymore that just, we're a power-rushing team only, and that's the way we're going to get to the playoffs. No team wins the divisions like that anymore. It's just not that age of football. So, thus, defenses don't necessarily plan their personnel and scheme around that shit anymore. So this can get you to the playoffs. Now, Bill, who helped set this trend with the Randy Moss, Wes Welker, Dante Stallworth, crazy-ass offenses of the past, and, you know, Tom just ripping him to shreds when he was really getting to his prime there. And then, all of a sudden, he realizes that every other team's copycatting their multi-wide receiver sets, collecting receiving stars, throwing it a lot more, copying Josh, Josh McDaniel's game plans. But you know what that's exposing? The middle of the field for a power running game in a single game scenario. Chargers, great defense. Put Devlin as fullback, a power uh, offensive line look with an extra tight end. You're going to run right through them. They are talented for today's NFL, but in a one game, game seven scenario against a team that has been planning to do this to you for a long time because they know the whole league's set up for a pass first thing. Sonny Michelle, young running back. Again, Bill thinks he can just coach these guys. I'm going to draft a good, tough running back, and then I'll coach him up, and he'll be ready to do what I need him to do come game time. He, co- he gets the young guys in the second round or third round, or he gets vets on a discount coming in for one last go around. Corey Dillon, Steven Jackson. How you doing? Back in the day, everybody started getting... Uh, back in the day. You know, around the you know, mid-Bill Belichick era, early... Everyone started uh, drafting safeties that were faster, smaller, that could keep up and play the pass more, okay? And linebackers that could do the same. You know who nobody had anymore besides, like, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs and Gonzalez was a really big freak tight end. And Belichick drafted two with his first three picks in 2006-07. Aaron Hernandez, rest in peace. And the Gronk. And they tore the league apart in 2000. Uh, sorry, uh, 2011. Anyway, he set the trend of the wide receiver sets so that everybody in the league would set up defenses to fight his kind of football, which he helped the copycat league copycat, then knew what he was having to sacrifice at his own practice field to defend against this shit, realizes he was exposed to a power running game and massive tight ends, and so would everyone else. So he sets the trends. Then he exposes the holes in them. That's how you stay ahead. That's why Bill Belichick's a genius. It's not magic. It's not that he, you know, films the walk, the, the run-throughs. Although it is sweet that he's getting another chance at the Rams, which as a spiteful bastard like he is, you know he loves this. He hated that uh, Spygate thing. Hated it. Now he gets the chance for redemption. Even though they're the L.A. Rams, a new owner, he doesn't give a fuck. It's, not the, it's the same franchise. Same He's franchise. He was pissed. He, they, he got called a cheater, man. When you're the best, you know what you care about the most? Your legacy. Cheating. Not being called a cheater, you know? Look at A-Rod on Shark Tank. You think if anyone just mentioned his PEDs, he wouldn't just, you know, blow a gasket? Tom Brady. 
the reason he hated Deflategate so much because he knows he's going to go down as the best ever. And he does not want a fucking asterisk next to his name that says cheater. But there's a bunch of our listeners right now that is, that's exactly what they're saying into their microphones, being like, he did. I hope not. He cheated. We don't want you as listeners. Well, nerds. we sort of do. cheat and be great. You, hey, hey, you that's be, not what it's about. I, I know that it's not what it's about, but he could be equally great and still have done Deflategate. Tony right? Gonzalez said a pretty interesting thing on the herd. He said that every, basically every team tries to do as best they can what the Patriots somewhat got caught for. Basically, bend, expose, break. If, they don't, if it goes unnoticed, the rules as much as you can. Atlanta pumping crowd noise into their stadium. Seattle basically having an Adderall dispensary station in their locker yeah. room, which Swept we could rug. use in Centennial Studios, I it think. Was, it would be really good. Yeah, it was a week headline. like a 25-hour episode. <laughs> Peyton Manning's wife ordering HGH to his house in, while he was having neck surgery. Indeed. Oh, that, just, that just disappeared after a day. By the way, he still looks about 27, the sheriff right now. There was a cool highlight of him. That was the truth of the week, by the way. Bill Belichick's a farvin genius. It's not magic. He just stays ahead of the, of the very trends that he sets. It's beautiful to watch over a long-term basis. Clever, clever angle. I like that. Um, but yeah, speaking of Peyton, the sheriff, uh, I miss him in football, by the way. He's just a great personality. Uh, there's just highlights of him on Instagram of uh, just you know nailing uh, the, the Pro Bowl skills challenge and also... Pranking Wes Welker with the old loose water bottle trick where he takes a squirt, loosens it up, yeah. gives it to the guy, even tells the cameraman, like, hey, follow this. Some shenanigans. I love it. He's an old school prankster, the old sheriff. By the way, the Pro Bowl Skills Challenge, which, you know, most listeners, adults would probably be like, yeah, there's something I'm you know, not going to watch. I might see on Instagram. When I was a kid, I loved that. I found out when that was. I was watching that in my basement making targets with my little mini Calgary Stampeders football. That's for you, Craig. The B.O.G., the brother of God. Uh, loves the CFL. Loves when we bring it up. Bog. Yeah. So I had a little Stampeders football that I used to rip around to targets that I'd make in my basement. And to nobody. I was playing with myself. I'd throw passes, and I'm sure we all did this. Catch passes to yourself. Either way, if you watch the skills challenge, it was like Michael Irvin versus Deion Sanders. It's, it's awesome. It's still awesome. It's still good, man. Yeah. It's definitely entertaining, and you know it gets a lot of flack. A lot of people rip on the Pro Bowl. But the amount of football fans out there is like the people that watch the Pro Bowl is about equivalent to the NBA Finals. Yeah, like it is insane. Yep, how much further ahead the NFL is in terms of like ratings and just eyeballs versus compared to any other sport. Fifty-six million people watched the AFC Championship game. That's three times as much as any of the NBA Final games last year, which you would think was America's like the second most all time. So you just said uh, Pro Bowl and fifty-six in the same sentence. Okay. <clears throat> you thought we were going to take a week off with the weird pick? Yeah. No. No, we're not. 56 <laughs> Pro Bowl. It's the number. Take the under, folks. Okay? Under on the Pro Bowl. I am riding the under train. We're 3-0 and in the playoffs. All unders. Okay? I haven't looked at the Super Bowl total yet, but the Pro Bowl total is 56 and a half. Just like the amount of million people watch the title game is the point total in this Sunday's Pro Bowl. Okay? And the only game where the defense finally gets a pass, they're not going to take their pass. Okay? Fuck these offensive stars. They're not going at 100%. Time to lock it down. All right? Take the under in the Pro Bowl. I don't know who wins. 20-something to 20-something. 
And the weird pick is 14 and 10 on the year, 3 and 0 in the playoffs, 4 and 0 in our last four. And I'm going to cook up a fucking doozy for all you weird Micaholics for the Super Bowl, okay? <laughs> I, and just for the record, if I decide to take another total in the Super Bowl, it counts. I, I, I have to say I really like the pick. <laughs> what? Representing the NFC <laughs> so in the quarterback I. category <laughs> Let's hear it. is Mitchell Trubisky and Dak Prescott. I forget the other quarterback. Ru- Russ but, is there too. Yeah, Russ. Yeah. So, yeah, Russ is obviously a legend. Uh, but yeah, Dak and Mitch... Uh, you know, you know what? It's funny. Two things come to mind. One, were they I have, elected? No, they're, no, they're there. They're replacements. They're, Drew Brees is not going. Aaron Rodgers is not going. So yeah, yeah. They're the yeah. What up. the hell was Aaron Rodgers voted to the Pro Bowl for? Name Missed value. the quarter of the Na- yeah name oh, value. Geez. Carmelo Anthony still makes the All Star game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, two things come to mind though. I, just like voice of God, I like the pick. I do. I don't know why. But I, I fucking hate it now that you guys both like it. Well, man. that's fine. It doesn't matter. No, it does matter. Well, it does not matter. It it's a very matter. important thing for you to realize right now that has no bearing on the result. Whether the three of us like it, whether the three of us don't like it, whether I throw apples at my face all day has no bearing on the final score of the Pro Bowl. Says normal Jeff. Right. Now, my point being is that don't go to a Pro Bowl party. If, by the way, if you know of a Pro Bowl party... Um, Wow, sports gambling's come a long way. I've gone for a couple heads to Centennial for the Pro Bowl. But if if you go to a Pro Bowl party and the only bet you've made is the under, (laughs) you're not going to be the most popular guy in the room. (laughs) Just cheering for three and outs in the Pro Bowl. I would love nothing more than to see a listener's submission (laughs) of a Pro Bowl Bowl party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send us your Pro Bowl party under under shots where everyone's just cheering. For a Dak Prescott, three and out. Playing with house money in the bye week, yo. If you can only watch one, watch the Pro Bowl Skills Challenge. Do it for the kids. Uh, okay. Now, uh, who do you think, who do you guys, oh, I got one thing to do here. And instead of the Obi Trice this week, okay, you guys are going to love this. We're doing this to the NFL Films music. I am going to tell you what's going to happen in this game. Before it happens. You talking about the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl. 53? I smell something. It smells like Vonnegum and Cupcake. (laughs) And then a little bit of shit and a little bit of sweet. Huck, if we could pull up some of that old NFL films music. Leslie, you got my stats. I love you, baby. Here we go. And now, Jeffrey will be presenting Super Bowl 53. Oh, I love that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it was a beautiful afternoon in Atlanta, Georgia. The Mercedes-Benz Dome was glaring, shimmering, shining, almost as much as Arthur Blank's pimp suit. Watching the Super Bowl, he always thought, hoped that he would, except the red team's not playing. 28-3. That's a story for another day. Now, it's funny that you bring it up, though, because, Arthur, I think you're going to see something a little bit similar. Start of the game, just like Super Bowls of the past, Tom gets off to a shaky start. Early on, three and out. Weird. Rams march the ball, get kind of a lucky catch, bad penalty, score on the first drive, 7 nothing. Okay, no problem. Tom's got the ball back. They're trying to run the ball, but Aaron Donald and Adama Kong Sewer swallowing up young Sonny Michelle and his 
struggles are real early on. It seems like Wade Phillips, who used to coach the Denver Broncos defense, which gave New England Patriots a couple problems in the playoffs of years past, has Tom slowing down early on to the point where he makes a big mistake. Pick six. Akib Talib. Whoa. 14-0. Smelling like something we've seen regarding Atlanta before. It's okay. No big deal. 14-7. Nice drive. Gronk. Edelman. Hogan. Door set for a touchdown. 14-7. No big deal. Rams get the ball back. Whoa. The archer. Brandon Cooks. With a massive 50-yard play down the middle of the field. Fooling the younger McCourty. Is he old? Is he experienced? I don't know, but he got beat on that play. Woo! In field goal range now. And you know what? Bill Belichick's red zone D holds up against the kids' offense. Jared Goff just misses on a touch throw as they force him out of the pocket. Field goal. 17-7. Okay, no problem. Tom marches him right down the field looking a little bit better. Fumble. Whoa. We got a real problem now. Rams march the field. Bill Belichick holds them. Holds them to a field goal. And it is now 20-7 to at halftime. By the way, this is where the entire world, for the first time in Super Bowl history, changed the channel. Because <laughs> Maroon 5 was just as bad as you thought they were going to be. Yep. And by the time anyone else came on, Travis Scott, you were already outside smoking some good Canadian doobies. As you come back in, Tom, Belichick, they figured it out. Yes, they did. To Gronk. To Gronk. To Gronk. The entire first drive. Now Talib switches from Edelman to Gronk because Wade Phillips is like, you're not going to beat me with that monster. That's okay because Tom's got captain fourth quarter James White to lead them on another touchdown drive. Reception. Reception. Draw play. Little play to Hogan. Another play to Hogan because he's now on that Coleman guy and they're not going to miss another throw. Give me the penalty. Give me another touchdown. And now we got a game, folks. Rams come back, score one more time. Woo-wee! 27 to 21. Now we got a game. Tom, three and out. Rams, come back. Kick a field goal. 30. And just as time expires, Tom Brady leads them on a drive that looks eerily similar to his first Super Bowl drive. Young uh, Goskowski goes out there for the game-winning kick that just sneaks inside the upright. You almost think he Cody Parkied it. McVeigh, trying to outduel himself, does not call. Time out to ice the kicker. And there we go, folks. Time expires. Tom Brady ties Michael Jordan with six championship rings. And there you have it. You heard it here first, hopefully. I love that music. Thirty-one thirty. Thirty-one thirty. Eerily reminiscent. Eerily. Eerily reminiscent. Yes. Of the Atlanta Super Bowl. Yes. Tom's it, Tom's never played a complete Super Bowl game, and like Eagle, like he he did pretty well against the Eagles last year, but turnovers got him. You know, had a hor- horrible first half against the Falcons, and uh, <laughs> great second half comeback. Seahawks game struggled, struggled. Anyway, uh, I think as we're going to see again, Tom uh, is not going to play a complete game. 
But he's going to make the halftime adjustments, come back and win it. Yeah, historically, I don't think they've ever scored a touchdown in the first quarter. Right. Well, I think that'll change this year, but who knows? But I just want you to listen to the game before it happened. Hopefully, that'll help you bet. By the way, don't get lost in the hoopla this weekend, okay? You probably have an, a thought right now, an instinctual thought on what's going to happen in the game. Write it down. Just like the movie... Uh, Draft day with Kevin Costner. He just wrote down that he wanted to draft the linebacker. Okay? Kel- Mac. Write down what you think is going to happen in the game right now. Your favorite props picks. Your, the final score. Because you are going to listen to the next nine days of fucking bullshit. And it's going to take your mind all over the place for possible outcomes, you're going to think. You, your mind's never going to be fresher on the football that you just watched and what you just learned about all these teams than, well, now. Besides Todd Gurley's injury and any other injury report, but specifically Todd Gurley's injury, you're not going to learn too much more about these teams that you don't already know. You're only going to be swayed by every talking head from here to Bristol over the next Super Bowl week. So write it down what you think is going to happen right now. Stick with it. You heard the news that, that does matter, and now it's time for the news that does not. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. All right, all right. <laughs> Thank you, Jeffrey. News that doesn't matter. We're starting where we love to start. The great state of Ohio. Oh, yeah. Cleveland, baby. Uh, Hugh's yeah. your daddy? No Hugh. Oh, there's Hugh. Oh, there's Hugh? We're not talking Cleveland without Hugh. Um, but Seth Wickersham of ESPN published quite the article t- the other day uh, detailing some of the dysfunction within the Browns organization. Yep. Um, starting with Jimmy Haslam. Bad owner. Bad guy. Rough yeah. guy, but um, yeah, a couple a couple great nuggets from this article. Um, so it was reported the marketing department wanted to set up sort of a social media feed uh, within the organization. Uh, they so they projected it on this huge wall because they wanted to see how fans are interacting with the brand and speaking about the Browns. So you know, so whatever they got a Twitter feed going, rolling through tweets, everyone talking, you know, Browns. So some uh, someone on the marketing team uh, searched hashtag. DP for dog pound. So, uh, you know, thinking, yeah, yeah, let's, you know, here, who's talking about the, the DP, the dog pound? Um, <laughs> what they found out is that hashtag DP more commonly refers to double penetration. Yes. Um, and Twitter is full of porn. Yeah. And so for 20 minutes, uh, there was live, you know, tweeting of people <laughs> using the hashtag DP and tweeting porn, which, who are you out there? Like, are these all anonymous accounts? Right. Like, so 20 minutes until the tech guy jumped in and was like, okay, yeah, I see what's going on here. Um, yeah. So that's amazing. Um, <laughs> By the way, that's one of the scarier categories of porn, you know? <laughs> like, girls always just making some sounds that's just like... Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not level one. It's, you know, got to progress to that. Um, yeah. Level three's, two. Three's, three's a party. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, there was uh, another great story that came out of this. Um, so basically after week eight, when, uh, when Mr. Hugh, Huey Lewis, Huey Jackson, uh, was fired. Uh, so Jimmy Haslam and John Dorsey, the GM walk into his office and, you know, I don't know. I, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall here, really, t- you know, for them justifying the, the decision to fire him. They come in, he's playing, like, uh, solitaire. You know? Minesweeper. I'm really yeah. busy. Can you guys come back? Yeah. Um, but basically, yeah, they fired him, and he just responded to them, get the fuck out of my office. Yep. 
To which I hope they responded, actually, this isn't your office right. anymore. Yeah. Awkward. Yeah. Pack up your crackers and get out of here. <laughs> Cracker Jack. Uh, moving on, the Pro Bowl, uh, as we mentioned, is this weekend, which isn't huge news, but there are some fun highlights. Uh, one of which you might have already seen, a video online of Jet Safety Jamal Adams, who's basically, you know, hyping up the crowd, signing autographs, and, and then Pat Patriot, the Pat's mascot, sort of, you know, Comes out of nowhere, started running around, and clearly everyone in Orlando is booing him. Yep. <laughs> um, and so he's, you know, he's running around. He's, you know, gone away quite a... F- he's running around. Um, so Jet hey. Safety just stops what he's doing, and he's like, why don't we go take care of that? Runs over and just tackles the shit out of him. Levels him. Levels him. Fucking level him. Like, I mean, obviously this isn't a football hit, but it's a really aggressive hit for an unsuspecting mascot. Yeah. And, you know, you get that big head on. You don't know what's going on. Uh, basically, yeah, the uh, he's been in the hospital ever since Let me receiving t- medical treatment. I would assume for some type of concussion Yo, symptoms. C- broken collarbone, perhaps. It was a vicious hit. He like jumped up on him. This is the guy's not wearing equipment, okay? And he's wearing a Patriot mask. He cannot see barely anything. I get, trust me, yeah. okay? He can't see shit. And he, you see the video, and he's like looking at the fans, looking at the crowd. And then, boom, without him having any inclination to protect himself or physically get ready to be hit by a fucking truck, boom. I'll tell you what I saw. A Pro Bowl safety making a Pro Bowl tackle against a bitter division rival. (laughs) Go get him, Jamal Adams. You got my vote for Pro Bowl next year, bro. He's the only Patriot there, too, because the rest of them are in the That's it. You got to represent, bro. He's a great player. Um, He'll probably, you know, have two more years with the Jets and then become a Patriot. I think we uh, pick him up for 50 cents on the dollar. I think we all have friends like Jamal Adams who just take what is a good spirited joke fucking too far. He, to, <laughs> to his credit, you know, he came out, I'm, I'm extremely sorry. You know, I think he's, I don't know if he's visited the guy, but oh, no. he's, you know, he meant no, you know, injury. He was just trying to make a joke because all the fans were booing him. So he was just trying to make them laugh. You're, you're not joking. Yeah. The Patriot mascot's in the hospital. Yes. Yeah. It's a real yeah. thing. Dude, he got destroyed. I've seen the hit, man. I've seen the hit. Like, he, he was a form tackle. It's a workplace <laughs> injury. That's a whole bag. Uh, you know, oh, yeah, he's cleaning up. I have to deal yeah, with Yeah, he's probably cleaning up. <laughs> That's jokes. <laughs> and again, the Patriots screw the Jets. <laughs> uh, moving on to the great state of Washington, or not actually Washington, fake Washington. Yeah. D.C. The district. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know. It's some sort of Illuminati shit. Like, yeah. It's a district. It's a district. It's like San Marino. It's in Maryland, though. Like, yeah. Anywho, um, Alex Smith uh, had a night on the town. Uh, he's kind of been, you know, keeping a low profile since the disgusting leg injury he suffered on the field. At FedEx Field. Uh, so, yeah, he was uh, net of the town of the Washington Wizards game and sported the most aggressive leg <laughs> brace device I have ever seen in my life. This is like, you know when someone like severely breaks their neck and they get that halo thing on where like their head is like screwed in? Oh, my God. It is like that, but for from his knee down. Um, like, <laughs> it is, you know, Tom Spakowski on office space. Like, right. hey, Peter. <laughs> yeah. Jump to conclusions, Matt. Like, yeah. it's, it's bad. Is it like... Um, it's a jump to conclusions, Matt. Or the uh, woman from Seinfeld who plays tennis at Doubleday and yeah. uh, tears her epicondylitis. <laughs> yeah. She's got Mr. Pitt's racket. It is, yeah. She'll never be able to play again. <laughs> it is rough. Uh, but, yeah, we uh, we have a bit of an exclusive here on Look Who's Talking. Yeah. We're, uh, conferring with some of the top... Or surgeons? 
conferring with some of the top orthopedic, uh, one of the top orthopedic surgeons in the world, um, who has come out and commented with a high degree of certainty that Alex Smith's career is likely over. Yeah. Um, based on the medical device that he has worked with extensively um, and published many articles on, it, it with a high probability, uh, it's it's. Match that in with the size of Alex Smith's vagina, and it's almost a sure thing. <laughs> Um, How's so, your alpha male doing now, Mike? Hey, did anyone some, ever? Just, no one ever said out. He called him an alpha male he last year, male. episode oh. nine. He's like, Annie is an alpha male. The guy's he, leading a oh franchise man. in the playoffs, man. And just because he's not the alpha male doesn't here, make him not an alpha male. I was here, a big supporter of his, but alpha male was not one of the adjectives I'd use. You're to not inside him. the locker room. You don't know those dynamics, man. They call him Alexa and they ask him questions. <laughs> now they can because he doesn't do anything else. But, um, yes, so Alex Smith, uh, don't draft him in fantasy next year. No. He's done. That's, that's your fantasy advice for the, for the week. Don't draft Alex Smith next year. I feel like Alex Smith's going to make a great high school quarterback coach in about 10 years. Yeah, there, there you go. go. Uh, but you, you say that like that's a really positive thing. What right? do you mean that's not a positive? Affecting that, children's I lives? I feel like he could a have a much way? higher degree of success than that. A high school quarterbacks coach? Some of these things are... <laughs> not the head coach. <laughs> not the head coach. We're talking about some... A high school quarterback coach? I said he's going to be... Alpha a male job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you go to on. one of these Friday Night Light games, bro. 27,000 people and tell me that's no, not a big deal. I feel like he'll take the reins eventually. Moving on. Uh, last but not least, Tom Brady. Now ties Mark Sanchez in road playoff wins. Hey. So there you go, Michael. There you go. He's been chasing Mark for a long time. Yeah. He's yeah. Serious tied. They're even. Yeah. They're equals. I got one more random uh, piece of news that doesn't matter. And so, you know, Derek Carr has always been an interesting quarterback prospect. He throws the ball well, and he, you know he kind of dots a lot of eyes and crosses a lot of T's. But he's always like, kind of like Dak Prescott, just a bit too fired up for his own good. Let me give you an example. He challenged Stephen A. Smith to a UFC fight. Love it. And then uh, the guys from some sports show got. A Las Vegas sports handicapper to handicap the fight. What was the line? Stephen A. Smith minus one thirty. Shut the front. They door. got Stephen A. Smith beating Derek Carr in a UFC that's fight. Insane. Yeah, I don't know. That's anyway. My money's on you, that, Derek. That's a meth. Head but also, I don't want my quarterback challenging members of the media to fights. I kind of yeah. I mean, not I just as, don't. Not as you know, you know, uh, Raiders image, but kind of respected. The guy loves Kobe. He's he's a aggressive as fuck like he dunks on his nephews yeah david carr's kids like in, <laughs> yeah. in pickup in the driveway like that is from david carr that is not you know me making this up right i think with david carr and his younger brother's corner he definitely whoop are you kidding me he th his, his brother would throw in the towel in like three minutes man you see that guy in the pocket <laughs> like the worst offensive lines in history yeah but still he wasn't set records for getting sacked. he wasn't exactly manning himself through that shit the guy's in the press box right now for a reason. All right. Uh, look, we got a big, big, our biggest episode ever is coming up next week. We got this mass share we're going to do, kind of like the Fire Festival, except we're actually going to do a fucking show. Um, so, look who's talkers. We're hoping that you guys can hop on board and do a mass Super Bowl share with us uh, next week. You guys are awesome, as always. Uh, to those who, are, who shared the episode, uh, my man John Albertson out in Sweden from the Flyboard Show team. James Duhamel, our buddy Dewey, who, by the way, uh, commented on our Instagram, calling me out for saying Jared Goff was going to struggle, but still take him to go over in completions uh, in the NFC Championship game, which, Dewey, 
and all of you. It's exactly what happened. He struggled early. They were losing. Had to come back. Played well and got exactly 25 completions. Tell me more about this uh, Super Bowl mega blitz. And uh, Chris McElhinney, one more big shout out. Yeah, we're partnering up with uh, with some uh, sort of a media conglomerate. And we are looking forward to blowing the farm up next week. We told you the Patriots were going to do it, and they're going to. At least I think so. I'm not making weird Mike's pick for him. That's when he takes his jibs out and throws them at me. You don't know what I'm going to do next week, folks. Anything is on the table. It's Super Bowl week. Panic sets in that football will be leaving me and my life for the next, you know, five to six months. It's This week's kind of like the second last day of vacation. You know, you're on a all-inclusive. You just keep drinking? Yeah, and you know, you, you realize that the end is near but not close enough to mope, and you're just kind of in like this malaise. I'm 25 beers deep on and, that second day, that second last day. And that's what I'm in right now, in the I didn't, bye week. I didn't actually finish any of the 25 beers, but like I had them. Hey, <laughs> we got that in common too. Yeah. How about that? Right. Uh, so yeah, it's like one of the one, weirdest weekends of the year, but we're going to shed that and Super Bowl blitz it. 53, episode 47. Super Bowl 53? Yep. Fucking A. There we go. Uh, in case we messed anything up, forgot anything, uh, let us know. But don't worry, because our producer from Huck Media Court Incorporated is on it. Twist that mustache. Pull that toque. He rubs his nipple for good luck. Shut the Huck up. <laughs> I just want to talk some uh, Super Bowl props. Yeah. Just to get us prepared for our props bonanza next week. The so propaganda. I'm just going to list some off here and let me know if you want to know the lines or some of the options to pick. And if I miss any of your favorites, also let me know. Huck, I just want to let you know this is word porn for me. So keep going. So we're going to start with the pregame props, the coin toss, uh, the anthem length. What will Gladys Knight wear? Ooh. Who's you have dressed. Who's Gladys Knight? What am I? What am I missing? You show some respect to the Queen of R and B. I knew you were gonna know. You probably dated yeah, her in high school. <laughs> so, what will she wear? Dress or skirt or pants or shorts? I was thinking Momo. <laughs> um, who will be the first shown during the national anthem? Belichick or McVeigh? Will Gladys Knight kneel during the anthem? No. <laughs> and will Gladys Knight omit a word from the national anthem? Yeah, what's the no paying for will she kneel? Uh, minus 120. Whoa, oh, it's a Kaepernick thing. Yeah. Damn. Damn, that's, that's an and interesting one. you can one. also bet on whether or not her microphone will be on a stand or off a stand. I feel like she's not going to kneel because I just, I don't know. Yeah, you, that, that, that's a ballsy you thing. You get a serious wardrobe malfunction. For an elder lady on a kneel in front of yeah, that's the, the country. Thing. It's hard to kneel. I, I mean, just right now in my life, it's hard to kneel. Okay. And then we <laughs> so got I don't our, go to church. Then we got our halftime, our halftime props. Uh, Maroon 5's opening song. Uh, will Adam Levine wear a leather jacket? Woo-hoo. Will Andre 3000 join Big Boy? Will any performer fall down? <laughs> yes is plus 500 no is minus 900 well yo those are weird stages man that's that could be worth a stab uh i'd like to see pictures of the. we'll have pictures of the stage for everyone next week will adam levine kneel and will he be wearing a hat i pray to god adam levine doesn't kneel in some bizarre solidarity uh you know racial whatever 
Don't do it. Adam. Right. <laughs> and I'd love to tell you just because of how much I don't like Maroon 5, like stay away from Maroon 5 and, you know, Adam Levine bets. But folks, regardless if it's sexy or not, if you like it and you think you have an advantage, fucking take it. All right. And then finally, the in-game props. Um, the always good. Uh, what color will the Gatorade be on the winning coach? Um, will there be a flea flicker? Ooh. Ooh. Who will the MVP mention first in their speech? God, teammates, coach, owner, fans, refs, family, or none of the above? Wow. Who's left? Um, will the points record be broken? Will they mention the Belichick-McVay age gap? Will they show the Saints-Rams pass interference? Wait a minute. Will they mention the age gap? Just will they? Not how many times? I feel like there's going to be a tale of the tape. Uh Right now, it's just will. That's interesting. Tell me what the... they will. Yes. What's the yes pay on the... Uh, Minus 200. Yeah. That could be a load up. Yes, they're going to talk about that. That's this, one this I like. This one is also a sure thing. Will CBS show the Saints-Rams pass interference? 100% that will get shown. Yes. Uh, no. You don't think so? No, don't. Don't. They, they, it's a celebration of the league. And then, you don't yeah, want to bring You know up, what? That could be a trap. What's the, uh, what's the no paying there? Minus 300. That could be a trap. Because is it the same coverage? Like who's who's doing no, the Super Bowl? No, it's CBS and CBS, Fox, and so Fox the has the video, so they'll talk about it, but I don't see them actually no, I, showing the replay. I don't know if the rights thing. No, it's celebrity. Yeah, knows the win there. You're right. And then uh, the over under, how many times Giselle will be shown on the broadcast at one point five? Ooh, they see they've gotten more modest. Those numbers of the celebrity wives used to be big. Remember. Uh, yeah, Kardashian when she was dating Bush was at like five and a half. She got one look. And Jessica Simpson when she was dating Romo. Yes. It was like over or under five and a half times she's going to be on, on the screen. Yes. Yeah, so not that they were in a Super Bowl or anything. Let's just, let's just take a think about those and uh, we will, uh, we'll all share our picks next week. Yep. Fascinating. Pro- kicking field goals and a propaganda. Happy Super Bowl week, everybody. On behalf of Huck Media... Look who's talking, the voice of God and the brother of God, Brent and Craig. Uh, weird Michael, keeping it real with his weird picks. Yeah, you got you to gotta keep the uh, weirdest Sunday of the year. Hey. Extra weird, under in the Pro Bowl, folks. When you're hot, you're hot. Ride the wave, under in the Pro Bowl. And go to a Pro Bowl party and cheer for three and outs. Send us your Pro Bowl picks. Hey, just like Dak Prescott proved this year, everyone's a Pro Bowler. <laughs> See you next week, folks.